As a leader, one of your job is to confront the issues, the challenges, and the problems that come across your desk when they come across your desk. Do not put them off because they will they will not get anything but worse. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service just like you from coast to coast. There's a lot said and written about leadership in the fire service, and some of it's pretty detailed and darn specific. But great leadership can be one of those things that's hard to define. You know it when you see it, though. Or you can follow the advice of our guest today and learn just five rules of firehouse leadership. John M. Buckman III was fire chief for German Township, Indiana Volunteer Fire Department for 35 years. He served nine years as director of firefighter training for the Indiana State Fire Marshal's Office, and he's a past president of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. In 1996, Fire Chief Magazine named John the Volunteer Fire Chief of the Year. And he joins me now to talk about his five rules for firehouse leadership. Thanks for being on Code 3 today, Chief. Scott, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. I I really believe that uh, leaders today, uh, we are bombarded with so much hatred uh, negativity in this world, that as leaders, we have to work hard to remain positive in the way we deal with people. Our people want to know that they are appreciated. They want to know when they do a good job. They also want to know when they do a not-so-good job, but they want to learn that they did a not-so-good job in a positive manner. And so I, I look forward to our conversation today, Scott. Now, this topic was actually in a column you wrote for the Fire Rescue One website. You started the column by listing the ways to show gratitude. Why did that come first? Well, it relates back again to, to the, the way we think. I know that myself, I have to be reminded, sometimes externally and sometimes internally, that I need to deal with people and issues in a positive manner. And as I said a minute ago, our firefighters want to know that what they're doing is appreciated. And so start out with five ways to show people that you appreciate them. A pat on the back is one way. Uh, a high five when somebody does something good that you can do the high five signal. Informal awards, formal awards, and simply saying thank you are the five topics. When we look at informal awards, uh, buying somebody dinner, buying somebody a Coke, uh, is, is an example of an informal award or reward and versus the formal awards where they're getting a certificate or a plaque or something like that. But I believe that when we look at awards and rewards, the informal award and rewards are much 
they have more significance. And, and in many cases, they are um, they should be given out more often. The one thing we have to remember with appreciation is that we only give appreciation when it's earned. If if we give it out just uh, sort of like uh, you know a box of Cheerios, uh, the, the, the appreciation is not going to be appreciated, and it's not going to have value. And that's what we want appreciation to have. We want it in in their mind or in the receiver's mind. We want them to see value in that leader showing them appreciation. Before we get to the rules of leadership, I want to go a little further with that. Are you saying then that many leaders spend too much time being punitive or negative and not enough time being positive? I'm not sure if they spend too much time, but I will say, Scott, that we, the leaders, for the most part, do not think of discipline as a positive as well as a negative. We always think of discipline as a negative. And so related to your question, discipline is a positive thing. When someone wears their uniform wears their uniform appropriately, that's positive discipline. When someone speaks to the public in a professional manner, that's positive discipline. When someone performs their job on the fire ground, that's positive discipline. And it become, those three items become positive discipline if they're recognized by the leader. Right. But now I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate and ask you if that's not maybe going too far. For example, if somebody does something great on the fire ground, that's definitely time for positive reinforcement. But everyday things, it seems like you're suggesting that we just say, well, you wore your uniform correctly, good for you, as opposed to expecting that. Where am I wrong here? Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong, uh, but but I'm saying we need to adjust our attitude and become more proactive, become more positive in recognizing our people. For some people... Recognizing that they're wearing their uniform appropriately is a, it would be a big deal. For others, it would not be. And the statement, different strokes for different folks, is very relative to motivating people. And so there's no one way to motivate people. There's no one technique. There's no one method in order to motivate people. But my, my point is, is look for more, look for ways to recognize, uh, I hate to say adequate performance, but we in the fire service, we have egos, E-G-O, but they're not that big of an ego uh, and that we don't like wearing it on our sleeve. And so my point is, as the leader, you have to recognize and stroke their ego a little bit so that they will get, the more you stroke their ego, the more they will desire that stroking, the better they will perform. So you can take it from wearing a uniform uh, to showing up on time, to volunteers making training on a regular basis, the volunteers making the commitment to get out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. The more positive reinforcement we give a person, the more they will seek. Now, that does make sense. So let's look at the rules that you listed for firehouse leadership. Number one was treat firefighters like adults unless they act like children. Oh, we all, we all have that children in us. We all say, you know, when are you going to grow up? And my comment is, I'm never going to grow up. At this stage <laughs> of my life, I'm not. But but we also know that 
let's, let's take the fire ground, for example. I've used this uh, example for, for years, is sometimes we need the adult to show up and be in charge because the children just want to play on the playground, and they may be making bad decisions that could get them into trouble. So when you look at a fire station, you look at the way we communicate with each other inside the station, which is where we spend most of our time in the career and volunteer world versus on an emergency scene, it's how do we interact with each other? Are we petty? Are we vindictive? Do we bitch about each other? Uh, you know, you parked in my parking space. Those are all insignificant things. And we need to r- realize that, that we got to get past this insignificant stuff. And if we're going to make progress and improve our group process and group, improve our team capability, we have to act like adults and discuss and debate the important topics, not the insignificant topics. All right. Number two was hire the right person, which is an obvious sort of thing, but I suppose if the wrong person is hired, then you've got a problem to deal with down the road. Yeah, you know, my point is that when you look at two candidates, and again, whether it's a volunteer or the career, I mean, we're not talking about either. We're talking about both of them. If I have a choice, I want to hire the person who has the attitude of service. I don't want to hire the person who has the attitude of me. It's all about me. I want to hire the person because I can train the person who has service attitude. I can train that person of hump hose to climb ladders, to, to get up on roofs and cut a hose in them. But if I got this person who's always about me, going back to my first part about the adult, they're going to create problems in the fire station environment, and they're probably going to create problems in the training environment because they're going to say, I don't need this. I know this, where we know that most of our firefighters have good skill sets, but all of our skill sets could improve. So look at the attitude. When you're doing that interview process, look at the attitude. Look at where they came from. Look at what, what their friends say about them, because that's going to tell you how they're going to perform. Because by the time they get on the fire department, again, whether it's career or volunteer, they have had 18 to 20 plus years of growing up. And their parents have influenced them, their friends, their teachers. And if they've been influenced to be about me, not about we, we're probably going to have problems with them in the fire station. And I I want to train the the person with the right attitude in order to do the job. You're saying then that you'll take someone with a better attitude and perhaps a little lower skill set than somebody very skilled who's all about themselves. Yes, sir. Yes, Scott. Number three, deal with staff problems immediately. Now, I'm familiar with this because I've seen many management situations outside the fire department where someone says, well, maybe it'll fix itself if I leave them alone. But I gather from your point here, you don't believe these problems ever resolve themselves. Well, if they were all adults, they would resolve themselves. (laughs) Right. Well, but you might not have the problem in the first place. Correct. Good point, Scott. My point is that, that leaders, as a leader, one of your jobs is to confront the issues, the challenges, and the problems that come across your desk when they come across your desk. Do not put them off because they will be like an infection on your body. They will not get anything but worse. 
if we're having a personality conflict between two firefighters, you say, oh, I'm just going to let them work it out themselves. Well, if they were adults, they probably wouldn't have that personality conflict. But if they're not, they're more than likely they're having this personality conflict because they're not acting like adults. They're acting like immature children. And they're going to need that referee. And the, the other part is that we don't train our officers to be to, to confront others with a win-win attitude. Usually our officers want to have a winner and a loser. But our leaders have to understand there are two there are three sides to every story. Yours, mine, and somewhere in between. And as the leader, that's your job is to try to figure out which part of the story is most accurate and then deal with that that portion of the story. Uh, we need leaders who communicate with people uh, that are friendly, firm, as, as two, two things to do when you're talking to people. We need to be friendly, firm, and fair. Three Fs. I couldn't think of that fair <laughs> a minute ago. But, but friendly, firm, and fair. You know, I, I, I don't want to yell and scream at you, and I don't want to uh, treat one different than the other, although that is normal. I, I may have a different philosophy about the way we treat people. And here, here's my point. If I have a high performer who for some reason is, is in a conflicting situation within the organization, within the station, with another member, I'm going to deal differently with that high performer than I am with the low performer who has a similar situation because this person has a record of high performance. We don't know what has made them uh, become a low, uh, you know, I, I hate to say bad person, but become a person who's not contributing as much as they used to. We don't know what's going on in their life. So that high performer could be problems at home, problems with their kids, spouse, uh, their second job, their parents, et cetera, et cetera. So before I get too deep into uh, the staff problems, I'm going to try to find out personally what's going on with that person and why they have, why their personality actions have changed. That low performer I'm probably going to have a little less patience with that low performer because this is probably not the first time we've had to have a conversation if, if they're a low performer. They're not, they're not meeting my expectation. I will tell you that as an officer, I think it is so critical that you explain to all of your members what your expectations are. And then you hold yourself and those that work for you to that same level of expectation. Remember as a leader, the best way to get good followers is to lead by example. I'll be back with more right after this. Every day, you put your life on the line to protect our families, friends, communities, cities, and our nation. Federal Resources knows the dangers you encounter daily. Whether it's fire, hazmat, or the more recent opioid threats, we're here to support you, protect you, and help train you for your next mission. You're looking out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Federalresources.com. Seems like what you're saying is that the old theory of telling them leave your problems at the door is not realistic because they're going to continue to have reactions to problems at home or whatever when they're at work. Yeah, Scott, we, we can't if we believe in the person as a whole, not just the firefighter, but the son, our daughter, the mother, our father. If we believe in, and you know, the kids, I mean, you know, all that stuff, if we believe in that person as a whole, 
We have to deal with all those problems that that person has. And I think it's unrealistic to say, oh, I know you're going through a divorce, but don't bring that into fire station. I know your kid just <laughs> got arrested for something juvenile, but don't bring that into fire station. I think if, as a leader today, we have to be concerned about that person as a whole. All right. Number four is one that is near and dear to my heart. Hire people smarter than you. I love this, and I'm glad you mentioned it, because I've always felt that the best leaders were the people who realized they don't know everything. Not only don't know everything, Scott, but, but I love debate. I love to sit in a fire station or sit in an office and have a discussion about what, who, what, when, where, how, and why. It gives me energy, and I like to feed off people who have different ideas. And that, that may be smarter than me. I'm not talking about a PhD versus a high school graduate, but just street smart, world smart, have a different perspective. And so, you, you know, I once thought I want to hire everybody to be like me. And I had this conversation in a class one time is I want to hire everybody to be like me. And the guy came up to me at break and he goes, no, you don't. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I do. Committed, dedicated, trained, blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, you don't. <laughs> imagine. Imagine if you had a company of four people just like you. Imagine if you had a volunteer fire department with 20 members just like you. I go, you know, I thought about it a little while. thought about it overnight. I came back to him the next day. I go, you know, you're right. <laughs> if I had people exactly like me, we'd be bored out of our gazoo, and we'd probably kill each other because we'd have very little tolerance for each other. And so, so my point here is that, that I want people who think outside the box. I want to be challenged. I want I want a PhD. -er. I, I want somebody who is who's got education that I don't have that brings it to the table, and we have a conversation about what it is, whatever that issue is, that we can all have that free and frank and open conversation. That makes a good deal of sense. I've always felt like it's like answering that question: Would I want to work for me? That's a good point, Scott. Yep. I'd love to work for me, too. But, uh, you know, we we sometimes try. I'm not, I'm not talking about values, but it's like work ethic. I, again, this person who's now on the fire department, 18 to 20 some odd years old, how do I change their work ethic? How do I, I can't change their values. Their parents and their first 18 to 25 years of life have created their values, have created their beliefs. Now, I can reshape them a little bit, but I will not be able to take a ball and make it into a square. I will not be able to take a square and make it into a triangle. I will be able to deflate that ball a little bit and reshape it just a little bit, but I'm not going to be able to make wholesale changes to a person's personality and what they believe in and what they and the way they act. Well, if you work in this business or really any other business long enough, you start to see the generational changes, and now we're dealing with millennials coming into the fire service who, as a previous guest said, if you say jump, they don't say how high, they say why, and you have to explain why you want them to jump. Yep. Kids today uh, challenge you. I just did this the other night at, uh, at German Township training session. The assistant chief, Jesse March, made a comment about uh, a cribbing, a box, crib box that you use for extrication. He said, if you build this four by four, blah, 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 he said, it would hold 10,000 pounds. 
And I'm thinking, wow, Jesse, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> so what did I do? I Googled it. And I looked it up, and I finally told him, I go, I believe you're about 90% correct, Jesse. I do. I found it where it says that. And so, so my point is that we all should challenge each other, not just those millennials. And the older leaders should not be offended when they are challenged because everybody has a right to believe or, or yeah, to, to, to believe what you say is true and to verify. I believe Ronald Reagan is the one that said, trust but verify. Yes, he did. And that's what that today that that's the kind of people that, that we're dealing with. All right. The fifth point, the final one is back to the beginning. Say thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, my four-year-old granddaughter, oh, shoot, probably at two years old, my granddaughter learned to say thank you. No matter what it was, you know, gave her a piece of candy, picked her up, carried her, played with her, whatever, she would say thank you. And from a leader's perspective, it's I realize this, some people will disagree with this statement. But when that fire, today's employer will tell you that when I hire somebody, what I want most from that employee is to show up for work. Because if you show up for work, I know I can get some productivity out of you. Now, in the fire service, it's a little different because we're talking about a company or in a volunteer system. We're talking about the pager goes off, that sort of thing. But the mere fact that they showed up, maybe say, hey, good to see you. That's a form of thank you. Hey, Jim, glad you're here. Just, just a, you know, I'm not saying you got to say thank you all the time, although that's what the bullet says. But just acknowledge the fact that they're they're attending, they, they've showed up for work again. So there are simple things that our people want to know. Well, those all can be summed up by one more point you made separately, which is that leaders set the company values, and I believe you said it earlier when you said they lead by example. Absolutely, leading by example. I mean, if you want them to be dressed in a uniform at the start of the shift, the blue uniform, blue pants, shined black shoes, then as a leader, you better be in shined black shoes. If you want to volunteer, if you, as a volunteer, if you show up in blue jeans that got holes in them, a two or three day growth of beard, a t-shirt, guess what? They're going to mimic their leader's actions and, uh, and statements. So you, you as the leader, you're the one that sets the standard or the values and, and sets the example. If you if you are not positive about those things, your people will they'll rise to the level of your competence. And so you, you have to realize that as a leader, you're always on the stage. That's a good point. We had Linda Willing on a while back, and she pointed out that a captain, for example, who sees the toilet clogged up and says, leave it for the next shift, we won't deal with it, is sending a message to the other firefighters about themselves as well as about what he's saying. Yep, absolutely, Scott. Absolutely, right on. All right, John Buckman, thanks for talking with us today. Scott, thank you very much for having me. And there's more information on Firehouse Leadership on our website at code3podcast.com slash leader. Check it out. Ah, the good old fire triangle. It was all generations of firefighters needed to know about what makes fire. And that's part of the trivia question, sort of. Name the components of the fire tetrahedron. 
I'll have the answer right after this. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more, and you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it. Here's the trivia answer. The components of the fire tetrahedron are oxygen, fuel, heat, and a self-sustained chemical reaction. Yeah, I know it's more accurate. What is this? I don't like change! All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll be here. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.